0: Hi, welcome to Totem Talks, I'm Helen Fruin and today I am delighted that we are chatting with Grace Marshall, productivity ninja and author of her new book, Struggle, the surprising truth, beauty and opportunity hidden in life's beepier moments or shittier moments, if we can get away with that on YouTube, it may get edited out. Uh, Absolutely fabulous to have you with us, Grace. Tell us about you for any of our listeners who maybe haven't come across you before.
1: Oh, thanks so much for having me, Helen. It's great to be here. So, um, yeah, so what I do is I speak, I write, I train, and I coach on productivity. What do I mean by productivity? Well, for me, it's about the work life experience. So, it's not just about getting as much stuff done as possible, but actually, it's about the whole work life experience. So, it's doing work in a way that does us good as well as
0: the good that we're doing out there in the world. Amazing. I've had the privilege of seeing Grace in action, running workshops about productivity. And I really love the language that you use. You know, it's about being your best self, being in the best mindset. You know, this isn't just about getting more stuff done or being busy. Uh, And that whole mindset piece just seems so powerful. And of course, very linked to a lot of the stuff we talk about here on Totem Talks as well. (laughs) Brilliant. And so tell us about this new book, Yeah, so um, the book
1: came about, the idea came about a couple of years ago, really, where I was starting to explore, I guess, the edges of productivity. So a lot of what I do in my work is to help people to fix their struggle. Um, So when they're struggling with overflowing inboxes or too many meetings in the diary or procrastination, for example, a lot of what I do is help them to find strategies and tools and techniques that help them to overcome that particular struggle so that that struggle goes away. Um, but what I was noticing was that there are certain times where, um, you know, struggle, somebody's struggling with something and it's not necessarily that there's something to fix there. So it might be actually there are times when things just go wrong, when there's a crisis or a setback or a disappointment. There are times where, um, where we get things wrong, where we make a mistake. There are times when we think somebody else is wrong, so times of conflict, um, or maybe they think we're wrong, and and probably both. Um, And then there are also times when maybe nothing's wrong, where it's just hard, or we're just feeling like it's slow or we're stuck. And those are the times of struggle where it's really interesting, because what I notice is, it's not necessarily something we have to fix, and yet it's all still something that's really hard. Um, And what I noticed was that struggle is this thing that we don't really talk about. Mm. It's, um, you know, it's something that we all have. And yet we don't have, uh, at least our conversations are limited. So they're limited to like either how can I get over this or how can I get away from this? Mm -hmm. And that kind of almost like a fight or flight instinct that we have around struggle means that that we actually deal with it quite badly. Um, And the more I looked into it, the more I thought, actually, what if, you know, what if that's not the full picture of struggle? And what if that's not the full picture of productivity either? Because when people say, I'm struggling, they usually feel like they're not being productive. Mm -hmm. But what if that doesn't tell the full picture of either of those two things? And so that's where where the, the kind of journey of struggle started, of going, what if actually struggle sometimes is the birthplace of our best work? What if struggle is how we learn, how we grow, how we explore? And actually, given the current... Um, you know, way of the world the, the current kind of world that we live in that's full of uncertainty and change maybe struggle is like completely normal mm. yeah this is how we navigate new territory
0: totally and I love the way you've uh, got as well on the, the blurb on the back of the book. In a world that's obsessed with fast hacks and quick wins, struggle has become a taboo. But what if we've got it all wrong about getting it wrong? That This idea that maybe struggle is a good place to be, or at least a place where we can take good things. And that shift in mindset is so incredibly powerful.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because it doesn't take away the feeling that it's... Um shit if yeah. I had to say that on YouTube <laughs> yeah. Or it doesn't take the it doesn't take away the feeling that um that something feels wrong or something feels hard so it doesn't take away the feeling of struggle but it gives us a different lens to um to think about that struggle it gives us a, a different perspective and a mindset and so in that way we can engage with it in a slightly different way
0: totally and yeah. that's something uh that I strongly relate to personally in terms of the narrative that I have, you know, I I can see day to day and in fact, minute by minute, am I having a good day or bad day comes down almost entirely to my narrative. You know, whether (laughs) it it could be a really beautiful day, everything's going really well at work, but if my narrative is that actually this is hard or I don't really want to be doing this, I'd rather be doing something else, then not surprisingly, even though, you know, for someone else looking in, it might look like a great day, in my head I'm having a terrible time and then likewise five minutes later everything could be falling apart but because I feel really strong and confident about how I'm dealing with that I feel great and so that piece about the lens that we look through I find that a constant struggle in itself is almost the the willpower the discipline to stay in that lens of how do I make the best of this
1: yeah absolutely and you and I think sometimes you know what we think about it so you know if you see it as like oh gosh I shouldn't be here or Mm -hmm. um you know or or something's gone wrong how you know we can end up blaming ourselves we can end up feeling like oh gosh you know how did did I I do that yeah exactly you know maybe you maybe it's not just that there is something wrong maybe there's something wrong with me Mm. yeah so, um, Helen, tell me uh, what uh, what kind of struggles do you know? Yeah, you've read the book. Yeah, what do you? Which bit do you relate to? What, what's going on for you at the moment?
0: So I could totally relate to all of it because I guess as you as you look back over your life experiences you're going to have faced so many different types of struggles. So like you described up front, the, the struggle where you feel like someone else is in the wrong or perhaps you're totally in the wrong but you don't want to admit it and there's that kind of conflict situation. Uh, of course we've all been there plenty of times. Uh, for me at the moment the thing I related to most was this idea of actually I don't feel like it is hard right now. So for me, uh, the pandemic has been, you know, really not that bad. You know, when I look at people who've had really tough times during the pandemic, I have been really blessed, lucky, fortunate, however you want to put it, uh, that business has gone well. I've enjoyed having time at home. Uh, Things have gone well. And so in a sense, this is not a time of struggle for me. And yet I find myself in a bit of that waiting because there is a sense that we're waiting for coming out of the pandemic, waiting for life to return to some kind of normal. Uh, I find that that waiting, that that time, that's something I'm really struggling with. And then as I say, the the narrative that I bring to that or the lens that I'm looking through um, I f- I'm finding that a real difficulty. And one of the things that really stood out for me, uh, if you're happy to for me to read from the book, mm. uh, there is a chapter uh, on the new normal Something Mm -hmm. funny happens when you accept your reality as the new normal. You stop waiting for it to pass. You stop planning for when it's over. You look it right in the eye. You roll back your shoulders. You rise to it. You shift from how do I get through this to how do I want to live here? And that for me is incredibly powerful to say, you know what, I'm here. And even if I do think about a roadmap of coming out of lockdown and, and so on, I'm here now how do I want to live here now is a very powerful question
1: yeah so what changes for you what's the shift for you when you start thinking of like how do I want to live here right now
0: I guess it's uh, as always the benefit of looking at your locus of control so if I were to focus on all the things I can't control and the things I'm finding frustrating about being in this limbo waiting period uh, that feels very disempowering it feels um, very unpleasant whereas if I say how do I want to live here right now then it's a question of what I want to do for myself, which naturally puts it into a place of control. Um, A friend of mine suggested having a a list of things to look forward to. So what are all the things you'd like to do when you can go and see your friends, when you can travel, when you can go uh, stay in a hotel or something? And I actually found that made it worse because those were, again, all of the things that I couldn't control, all of the things that I couldn't (laughs) do. Whereas focusing on how do I want to live here now was, well, how Mm. do I want to set up my day? How do I, what do I want to eat for lunch? What do I want to uh, (laughs) spend my exercise time doing? It it brings it all back into what can I control and how do I make the best of this situation?
1: Mm, Yeah, because then you start making choices about, Um, what do I want to do now that's actually going to affect me right now rather than making choices about an imagined future Um, there's there's a a bit in the book where I talk about um, how when we're trying to control the uncontrollable what we end up doing is we try and grasp for control so it's um it's what i call the toilet paper effect because um clearly you know, when when we had the pandemic at the, the the beginning of the pandemic um how did most people respond to the covid-19 pandemic they went out and bought toilet paper <laughs> so we had this whole run on toilet paper yeah. and we had, you know, supermarket shelves were like running out of toilet paper. It became the most um, precious commodity that you know, shops would go and hide somewhere in the back. <laughs> um, and it wasn't even a stomach bug virus. You know, it's not even a direct thing of like, oh gosh, this is going to affect my body in this way. I'm going to need some more toilet paper. And, and I think, you know, it's a symptom of how we kind of try and grasp for control. It, when we go, oh, this might happen. So therefore, here's how I feel in control. I can I can make sure I don't run out of toilet paper.
0: Um, where, yeah. My husband where, planted uh, potatoes. He felt so much better. Wow. He was like, I need to do something. I need to feel like I'm in control. Right. I've planted potatoes. If the whole world yeah. goes to pot, I can eat potatoes. I will have
1: potatoes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah, and I think that's a really human thing as well. So. One of the things that um, I write about in struggle is how, you know, our process of dealing with struggle usually goes straight from recognition to trying to grasp a resolution. So we go from like, oh gosh, something's happening to how do I fix this? Right. And we jump straight to that resolution piece. But whereas actually, if we allow ourselves to first of all, sit in that recognition, so like, okay, what is happening? Um, you know, yes, it is hard, or yes, things are changing, or yes, I am stuck in limbo right now. And it's a, an uncomfortable place to be. So again, it helps to ground you in the present moment of going, well, this is what's happening to me, rather than denying what's happening to me. Mm. Um, and then the second thing is you that recognition. Um, sorry, no, the first thing is recognition. The second thing is the reckoning. Mm. So it's where we start asking, actually, what is this thing? So what is actually going on here, and um, that's where we can maybe start to unpack it to go. Ah, okay, I'm feeling threatened, but actually maybe there isn't a threat here. Maybe I'm feeling threatened because um, because this is a surprise. Yeah. Um, maybe you, maybe I'm feeling uncomfortable because I'm used to having that sense of purpose and meaning. And at the moment, I'm in that middle of that, that transition where I don't know what that purpose and meaning is. Um, and then we can start to activate curiosity when we start reckoning with it and go, mm. but what else could it mean? Um, maybe actually this, this period of transition. So what you described there of kind of going, I feel like I'm kind of in, I don't know if you use the word limbo, but limbo is the word that came to my mind. I feel like I'm in limbo. Yeah. Um, maybe I'm in like the doldrums where there's not much going on, I'm in between places right now and that can feel uncomfortable because i don't have my usual points of reference my goals my objectives i don't have that sense of like okay i know where i'm going and i'm heading there and i'm making progress but you know, what opportunity do i get in this limbo what mm. does this sense of limbo give me that maybe other times i don't get
0: yeah and the the really powerful piece for me in there as well is the curiosity piece because one of the concerns I have, so there's a lot of evidence out there suggesting that the more we can use language, the, the more that we move from the, the fight or flight, the amygdala response into the prefrontal cortex where we create language. So th- this means that the more we can describe how we're feeling, let's use more words. How, how am I feeling? And what do I think is contributing to that feeling? And, and what else is going on for me? That this helps us to process our emotions, the more we can put into language. And one of the struggles I have with that, not meaning to use the word struggle there, but there we go. Uh, One of the struggles I have with that as a concept is that I think we end up in a bit of confirmation bias where we get stuck with a theory, You know, the reason I feel this way is because my husband did this or because my colleague did that or because the pandemic has done this. And we then can find loads of reasons to back up why we feel that way and blame someone else or something else. And then just feel justified Mm. in anger or or sadness or whatever it might be. And for me, that shift to a place of curiosity to say, and what else might it be? And what else might be going on here? What else might I be contributing to the situation? It's Mm. that curiosity that really starts to shift in my mind from just feeling, I guess, kind of settled in our discomfort to starting to challenge it (laughs) a little bit and say, well, how could I be make, making something better of this?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because I think what happens when we're in that fight or flight mode, that amygdala sort of fear response, is um, you. Know, our, our brains look for black and white thinking. Mm-hmm. It looks for like, what's the threat here? What's dangerous? What's safe? Who's for me? Who's against me? Mm-hmm. Um, who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? And And it looks to kind of pigeonhole everything into you know, into that kind of good and bad um black and white and um, safe dangerous kind of you know boxes mm-hmm. um and you know, whereas curiosity is the antidote to fear because curiosity starts to open up so it's not even a middle ground it's like a wider ground mm-hmm. it starts to open up like ah actually what looks you know confrontational could just be somebody who's confused um you know what looks like someone's just dismissed me, um, it might just be that they're distracted. Mm. And so we start to see almost the world of colour then, rather than just like one thing or the other. Um, and then you and then that's where we start to see a, a world full of possibilities rather than a world full of threat.
0: I love that. That's going to be a quote that stays with me, Grace. Curiosity <laughs> is the antidote to fear. What an incredible and like you say, it's not a middle ground. It's a way of widening the ground, opening up possibilities. I absolutely love that. Brilliant. And and how about for you? Because having written the book and reflected on, you know, and one of the things I love about the book is how much of yourself you put into it. You share your own struggles, your own stories. Uh, I, I guess as you look back at it now, are there particular aspects of struggle that you associate more with right now?
1: Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I think, I'm going to work my way up to that answer. So I think um, the easiest thing for me to write was the first part which was about um smarter which about recognizing the opportunity so when we see struggle differently we can then start to see the opportunities that happen in the crisis in the irritating moments in the like kind of the, the times when we feel like ah oh, it's you know it's just like life interrupted whereas actually you know, um what i've noticed when i look back is that the times when i had my career crisis the times when I had, um, you know, that really irritating conversation, maybe with a potential client or, or a colleague, you know, that actually I learnt a lot in that. Mm. So, um, you know, some some of the the kind of most irritating things. It's like sandpaper. Yes, it can rub us raw, but also we can use it to polish and refine. Mm. Um, so I can look back and see, ah, that's the opportunity that gave me, and I wouldn't have had that opportunity if I didn't have that particular thing that went wrong. Yeah. Um, I think for me, going um, when I was writing the book, uh, the uh, the chapter about um, braver, so trusting the process trusting how it kind of feels when you're going through that transition or that middle ground, that doldrums kind of, you know, period, um, and trusting that actually it doesn't mean I've gone wrong, it doesn't mean that I, you know, that, that I need to either kind of work harder and hustle my way through, or that I've gone the wrong way and I need to change my mind. It's like actually this is the, the the kind of transition that I need to go through to get to the other side mm. um you know and and, and I think I've, I definitely felt a lot of that in in the pandemic um like how you've described as well there Helen but I think maybe you know what I'm looking at now is that kind of um the stronger piece so it's you know, actually struggle is how we grow so thinking about you know what am I struggling with right now and you know what are maybe the, the opportunities for growth there so maybe it's because, you know, maybe I'm struggling with something because actually this, this kind of skin that I'm wearing is too tight. You know, maybe it served me in the past, but it doesn't serve me anymore. Um, maybe uh, maybe who I was back when I made these particular decisions around, you know, what work I do or how I live my life. Maybe who I was back then isn't who I am now. Um, and it's, you know, if you think of the image of... Um, you of a chrysalis where you've got that kind of cocoon Mm -hmm. um and then the you know when when the butterfly is ready to merge it has to kind of break out of that cocoon similarly to how like when we have you chicks coming out of an egg it has to break through the shell so there comes a point where the thing that protects us is actually the thing that's limiting us when we get to the point where we're ready to grow
0: very interesting And you've talked a lot in the book about the fear that can come at that time when you're feeling like you need to break out of that, that that maybe the person I I was before is now not the person I want to be or or am, uh, or maybe I want to go and do something new. I want to change my career. I want to change a relationship. I want to change something. The fear of what if I can't do it? What if I'm what if it's me? What what if I'm not the person I wanted to be uh, that could perhaps stop us from breaking through? that uh, that protective barrier is is really fascinating as well and how we uh, you talked a lot in the book about how we make time for that or how we perhaps need to make mm. more time for that it's not just planning out the what's and how's of what do i need to do how do i get there but how do i support myself emotionally through that transition as well
1: yeah absolutely because it it takes it takes a lot of work mm. um so you know one of the one of the things i talk about is how when we're in the middle of struggle we often look for light at the end of the tunnel to go oh yeah this is going to end at some point you know and keep my eyes on that end point a bit like how your friend suggested right. you, make a list of all the things you want to do right yes. <laughs> and and yet you know, my my thought is but actually what we really need is light in the middle of the tunnel mm-hmm. you know it's almost like you know how can i turn a torch on in the middle of that tunnel because maybe there's work to be done here in the middle of the tunnel Yeah, so not racing through to how do I get to the end of this, but like, what is going on right here that I want to pay attention to, that I want to work through or need to work through? Um, Because, yeah, when we talk about transformation and growth, um, the interesting thing about the chrysalis um, is that if you cut open um, a chrysalis before the butterfly is ready, what you see looks a lot like decay. And um, so it's a dying caterpillar, basically right. a rotten caterpillar, before it becomes the butterfly. Um, and we don't realise that actually, to get that sense of transformation and growth, there is a lot of, I guess, death and decay associated with that. There's a lot of things that we need to put to bed, things that we need to maybe have a little funeral for, and um, let go of, to say, you know, actually, that's not, you know, I'm going to let go of that. That's not who I am anymore. Or I'm going to shut that thing down. Or I'm going to walk away from that particular opportunity or that business or whatever it is. And um, so if you think about business growth and um, whenever you, yes, we can grow our business, you know, one customer at a time, one client at a time, one product at a time, but whenever you look at transition phases, where businesses are actually transforming, mm-hmm. maybe they're moving from one model to another, there's got to be a point. There's a point where you go, actually, I need to start saying no to the things that are making my business good now. So that i can make space for the things that are going to make my business into what i want it to be in yeah. the future
0: and the amount of fear again we come back to that word that comes <laughs> with that like you say the loss the grief the, the having a little funeral uh for what we say goodbye to there's a ton of fear about well, what if that was the wrong thing to let go of or what if mm-hmm. i miss it what if what if it says something about my identity that i'm letting that go uh yeah. you know I, I get that with Really ridiculous things. So I'll share with you a ridiculous example. Um, I uh, tried out a whole new way of um, living, eating, exercising uh, as a kind of experiment during the pandemic. And um, it has led to me no longer enjoying milk chocolate at all. I don't eat milk chocolate. Uh And to say I'm now going to say goodbye to or lose or have a little funeral for milk chocolate feels like the most ridiculous thing (laughs) to say that there is any fear or identity wrapped up in that. But, you know, I'm talking 40 years of my life that I've been an utter chocoholic and I'm (laughs) saying goodbye to that part of who I am. That feels really quite strange. And then imagining, okay, so when I'm feeling a bit low and I want to pick me up, I would always go to my favorite milk chocolate bar. Now, I don't do that, so what do I do instead? And so I wanted to share that because it's such, to me seems such a ridiculous example. And yet if I can feel that way about a flipping chocolate (laughs) bar, how am I gonna feel about, like you say, saying no to a client or saying no to certain work or changing an aspect of my personality or the way that I operate in relationships? You know, that that Mm. fear uh, of the loss becomes huge. So I I do find that a fascinating area. And again, Mm. then your beautiful quote of curiosity being the antidote to that fear. How do I come into that space of what else could this look like? What new things could this bring me? Uh, And indeed, I love as well, what what is the light in the middle of the tunnel? What work needs to happen here? Amazing. Mm. (laughs) So we've talked about how amazing this book is. Tell us, Grace, how can people get hold of it? So if you head on over to strugglethebook.com,
1: you'll see there's various um, places where you can get hold of it. It's all in all good bookshops as well. So you know, if you have a favourite bookshop, uh, you know, then you know, go for that, um, and you'll be able to find it there. Uh, but also, um, do head on over to strugglethebook.com because when you buy the book in pre-launch. Um, I'm running um, a special evening event uh, with myself and some special guests where we dig a little bit deeper um, and have some conversations about um, Struggle. So it's called the Struggle Conversation. It's gonna happen a couple of weeks after launch. So anybody who buys the book uh, before then, you're very, um, very welcome to join us. You're quarterly invited to join us for that special event. So buy the book and then, or pre-order the book, and then head on over to strugglethebook.com, pop your um, email address details in and you will get your
0: complimentary invite. Fantastic. And links to everything Grace has mentioned there below as well. Amazing Grace, thank you so much for sharing with us. I mean, the, the book itself, as I say, is such a huge amount of sharing. Of you sharing your experiences, your expertise, the research that you've carried out on this subject. Uh, and so it's just fantastic to talk you through uh, through with it. Uh, oh, fantastic to talk through with it uh, Oh, I can't get my senses out. <laughs> <laughs> through it with you. Fantastic to talk through it with you today as well. Thanks everyone for listening. And uh, Grace, if you want to say goodbye there, we'll say goodbye everyone. Thanks very much. Thanks so much for having me, Helen.